I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong, where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Hey, good people. Welcome back to the First Gen Lounge. I have the absolute pleasure of being today with an amazing, amazing guy who I got to meet recently because he's actually a Black alumni ball influencer, but we're going to talk about that. His name is Colby Cornell Boone, and he's from Clinton, North Kakalaki. So um, it's always nice to have North Carolina natives here and an HBCU grad. You want the A&T? But we're not going to get on that today because, you know, shaw you forever. <laughs> um, Colby, oh, welcome okay. to the... Or should I call you Cornell? Which which do you prefer? You can call me Colby. I can call you Colby. Well, I feel VIP. Welcome. Welcome to the line. I'm glad to be kicking it with you today. How are you? I feel great. I love your energy. And I love yours. You've always been, like, very, like, upbeat. Like, even the day I met you, I was like, yo. So, I mean, you, like, you feel like the little brother. Like, I love it. I love it. So, tell the people who you are and what is it that you do. Hello, good people. Um, my name is Kobe Cornell Boone. I'm a recent graduate of North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. I'm CEO <laughs> and founder of Journey of Mind Incorporated, which is a 501c3 tax-exempt organization that raises awareness for mental health personal development and travel within underprivileged communities. And I'm really excited to be on this call with you guys tonight. I'm excited to have you and I'm really glad we got to connect. And I was real, real, real excited to find that you were first gen. So that has been exciting to know about you because you have started a nonprofit organization. And like you said, it focuses on mental health, personal development and travel within the underprivileged communities. But I would say, I think you're kick-ass because you are a young black male and you are doing this already. Um, what I'd be interested to know, you know, just kind of taking a step back, what got you involved with it? Because I learned about it because of the Black Alumni Ball. So shout out to them for bringing great people together. Indeed, indeed. Oh man, in a nutshell, I've had challenges in my life when it comes to mental health myself. So at the age of seven, I was molested. Again, at the age of 13, witnessed my first homicide by the time that I was 13. I had my first suicide attempt by the time that I was 16. And then after my second suicide attempt in September of 2016 was actually when I went to therapy and was there for eight months on my university's campus. And when I got out of counseling services, shortly after I started a hashtag called Trust Your Journey, which grew mm. having multiple viral videos on social media. And I was able to actually meet CEO and founder of FUBU, Damon John, who actually led me to turning that organization, that movement at the time, into an organization and specifically a nonprofit. And at the time, I had no idea how I was going to start a nonprofit with no money. But I can say by the grace of God and um, the years that I passed, I've never needed for a dime with this organization and was able to help out a lot of people. So it's definitely a blessing. Mm, that's very powerful. And it's something for you to be able to be so transparent about what you've experienced. What was it, though, that made you say that you need to speak up? Because especially as a black man and targeting mental health and to admit to having had been sexually abused, that's a lot to to share because a lot of people will shy away from that. And I say a lot of people, a lot of black men 
for fear of being judged, you know? Indeed. I would definitely say part of my gift, I believe, in life has always been transparency. I was that I was that young guy who was probably too smart for his own good when he was younger. I don't know how much time we have today, but I got bloods on my mom's side of the family. I have crypts on my dad's side of the family, but my parents were saved. So I was that younger cousin who couldn't necessarily play with everybody outside. Um, and doing that, I was very vocal as a young child. So I would definitely mm-hmm. say we, we oftentimes hush a lot of issues as men and we suppress a lot of different emotions and feelings to be strong. So I was going to say like men don't cry and men have these issues. And part of that self-awareness is where you get your healing from. It's where you grow from. So for me personally, uh, I, I saw the story of Harriet Tubman and multiple civil rights leaders who have done an outstanding things for our community, even underneath pressure. And I was like, how could I not use the platform that I had at the time? Because when I attempted suicide the second time, I was head of my university, the Swire City University Activities Board. I was hosting all the events on and off campus and nightlife. I didn't look like mm. what a black male suffering from mental health would look like. I was the popular kid. And we always mm. confuse it in saying that the person struggling with mental health is the person in the corner. And that's not always the case. It can be the person suffering right next to you. So I, I decided that, hey, I have this second chance of life. Why not use this platform to help lead and guide others who might be in darkness? Mm. Trust your journey. Indeed. Indeed. Trust your journey. Loving that. And then I heard you say 2016 was really that turning point for you. That was recently. I mean, if you look mm-hmm. at the time perspective, I know we're about to walk into 19. But how, how long would you say it was between you saying that nonprofit is, I'm sure about this and this is what it's going to be, and the actual last encounter that you had with the suicide attempt? How, what was the time gap with that? Do you remember? So Trust Your Journey was something that my football coaches always tell us. So if you go back to like old posts on Facebook or anything, you'll see it as far back as like 2015, 2014. But it was always just a saying that between my friends we used. So I would say we actually got incorporated as a nonprofit in September of 2017. So that would be a year away from my appearance. And we didn't reach 501c3 status until January of 2018. Nice, nice. Congratulations to you. That's a really big deal as well to have a 501c3. And then you, like I said, you're not long out of undergrad. So you've been moving, brother. You've been moving. <laughs> you've been moving. I appreciate it. Yeah, a lot can happen oh, in your time. Yes, it can. Absolutely can. So just kind of thinking about all the success that you've had thus far with your nonprofit, with being a graduate of you know North Carolina A&T State University, just traveling, speaking, doing your thing professionally. What is it that you, to this point, wish somebody would have told you about life and in, in being an adult? What are some of those things that you're like, man, I can't believe I just found this out like this way. Like, what are some things you wish you knew? Oh my God, I'm so glad that you asked this question. So I had a full transparency. I had a job interview for a higher level role that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. In the interview, during like the behavioral questions the lady asked me she said what is one of your biggest regrets and i think it correlates with your question and saying that i've lived my life in a way that i don't really have many regrets i've come to peace and understanding and you get this through therapy as well but understanding that everything serves a purpose everything has a season and has a time and i i literally looked this woman in the eyes and i said if i had one regret or something somebody would have told me earlier in life it would have been realizing how great I was. I've always mm. been somebody who I, I knew I was gifted. I knew I was talented. I, I published a book when I was 15. My mother always told me I was anointed. 
but I always needed somebody else's confirmation on my gift, on my blessing before I realized and manifested it for myself. So if it's something I could tell myself in 2016 or before then or as a child uh, suffering in silence, it would have been realizing how great you really are, Kobe, and that one day you will have an impact on people that you may not even know. And I think once we realize that, that our circumference will be blessed by our elevation, not just the people that we know, but those that are mm. outside that circumference as well, you'll start to live your life in a different pattern because our time here is numbered. We're not we're not meant to be here forever. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to go too deep here, but if you like where you're at right now, like everything you are, if you look in the mirror, your skin bliss, all this is this isn't all of us. We're we're so much bigger. We're we're spiritual beings. This is just the catalyst, the vessel that we currently have to make the greatest effect or the greatest change or the, the biggest amount of positivity onto others' lives that we have from the time that we are here. And it's important that we use that wisely. Sometimes people don't realize mm. what they have until it's too late. Mm, I know that's real. I know that's real. That's some great advice that you've, that you've given to our family who's listening. And when I think about advice, it's making me think, is there some advice that somebody's ever given to you that you've really, really taken to heart and that has carried you to this point? I'm really big in my faith. Growing up in the church as a young child, I think that's definitely something. Uh, and it's important that you have something to believe in. Everybody has different religions and stuff nowadays. Some people believe in the universe. I choose to believe in God because he created me. Mm-hmm. So for me, having biblical teachings to stand on has really kept me. My father always told me, by the grace of God, there go I. I'm sorry, mm. my mother always said, said, by the grace of God, there go I. My father's always said that God's grace is sufficient to carry you through. So through both of those, yes. I've learned that God's grace is so important and, and carrying us through all circumstances and all issues that we may have. And I think for me, his grace has, I think in many cases, his grace has even superseded his favor because you can have favor and still not use it wisely. But grace is what keeps you. And I think for me, being around terrible situations, uh, violence, like I said, coming from Clinton, North Carolina, shootouts, different things of that nature, bullets never hitting me. These are things that you kind of look back as you start to get older. I'm, I'm only 23, but I can definitely say I'm thankful for where he brought me from. Mm. Real talk. You mentioned just being 23 and you said something earlier about being out of school. Would you say seven months? It's been seven, May. You graduated in May? Yes, ma'am. May 2018. Okay, so so that makes me want to know, to this point, what is the most significant thing that you have learned about yourself as an adult? You know, because now you don't have a residence hall or, you know, a convenient apartment, you know, on the campus or the cap to go to. You've just been living this thing called life. And I think that you are, you know, really the epitome of just now figuring it out. And so I'm curious to know. Again, what's the most significant thing you've learned about yourself to this point about being an adult? I am special. I've learned that I am special. I am truly unique. I've learned that people have different levels of grit through working in the corporate world and outside of it. I've learned that I I can withstand a lot more than what most people can. Mm. But that came from learning myself as well because of what I've been through with battling with mental health. You can have a, I've said it oftentimes, I've seen people who make $100,000 work well into the night, past hours, and I've seen people who make 35000 run for the door at 5 o'clock. The difference between mm. the person who makes 100000 and 35000 is the mindset. That's what separates them. 
And oftentimes I see people who come out of college. I'm a first generation grad. Like I have friends who are first generation, came out making bank and then either got fired, quit or couldn't withstand it once they got to that platform because they didn't develop on one level. And then they carry the same issues and problems to another. So I think for hmm. me, one of the biggest lessons I learned being out of college was that you got to get there first. It is a process. It is steps. Life works in ladders and that you have to respect every step on that ladder because if you don't learn the lesson that you're meant to learn on step one, it's going to start to affect you by the time you get to step two, not even talking about step 10. So for me, mm. my biggest lesson out of college would be learn your lessons and you got to get there first. You got to get there first. You got to get there first. I'm going to um, take that lesson as well. Let's say early bird gets the worm. That is true too. <laughs> that, is true. <laughs> that is true too. But I'm not even a morning person. So I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll get the worm when I can. <laughs> So let me, I want to go back to the Black Alumni Ball a minute because you just, you just kind of like, you know, getting there first because you were honored as one of the first Charlotte influencers for the Black Alumni Ball, which is, you know, people don't know if, you know, this is the first time hearing about it. It is a, a formal event that just really celebrates Black people who are graduates, you know, high school graduates, college graduates. It's about coming together and doing something that's fun and uplifting and a, and a aspect of it is philanthropy, which is giving back which Trust Your Journey did receive funding for this year. What was that like for you to be, again, 23, just really getting this nonprofit off the ground, just graduating, living in Charlotte, like life is is like going fast and boom, we're gonna honor you and we're gonna support your nonprofit. Like what has that done for you and how have you been able to give back already because of it? Oh man, um, so I'm really in tears right now just hearing it because to be just moving into another city in Charlotte and to begin doing work and connecting with individuals, it's hard. Like I can honestly and truly say one thing I've learned and full transparency is if you're not in the loop oftentimes, then you're not in the mm -hmm. loop. So trying to find the right people to get in contact with, especially with a nonprofit as well, because it's a different format than the LLC. I'm not selling a t-shirt per se or selling something, especially with mental health, because it's kind of taboo in our community as well. So it's such a blessing for Jonathan King to allow us to be highlighted there and see the efforts and work that are being done. I would tell any small business owner, nonprofit or LLC to be consistent. Whatever your mission yes. is, whatever the, whatever you're doing, be consistent because it, it will show it will show in the work that you do the very next day like the very next day we were out giving out turkeys we actually sponsored 12 families here in charlotte um with the mm. great enrichment program here in charlotte for thanksgiving so we partnered with the queen city aggies right after the black, black alumni ball 12 turkeys ties all the fixings <laughs> how it is you eating thanksgiving dinner for weeks <laughs> That was such a blessing. I, I just thank them so much for their contribution. I would also say that it doesn't take, you don't have to be a millionaire, guys, to be a philanthropist or to get mm -hmm. started or be of service. If you can just give your time, uh, give your love, give a little bit of your energy, it'll come back. It'll come back tenfold. Mm, speak to the people. I was just talking to a young lady earlier today, and something I mentioned to her is we think that especially with social media being such a big part of of our culture you know these days we think we have to have a big following and a big name to do big work but that's not necessarily true because big work is contingent on who you're impacting and a lot of times what things we see as it's a small thing even if that's giving somebody you know some lunch or handing off five dollars to an organization that's helping 
the needy, you know, do it during the holidays is, oh, that's not much, but it has such a profound impact on the lives that you're touching that you can't, you know, negate that. So I love that you said that, you know, to, to do it anyway, do, do whatever it is. Cause it's all in giving. It's all in giving. What are some of the things that you are hoping to get into, you know, in, in the near future when it comes to expanding your brand or even programs that you want to do in the area or across the nation? Oh God, going back to school. That's the first thing now. I found my passion and what I wanted to do, actually working within the corporate world here in Charlotte. And I want to be able to help on a more direct scale. So my goal is to be a therapist one day. I want to be an LCTA um, to be able to nice. help people out. One of my goals for our organization is to one day be able to have a facility so that we can run as a private practice, but not only that, be able to leverage the 501c3 so we can be able to provide services for those who can't pay for it. Counseling can be expensive. It's almost like mm-hmm. this. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, like for me, for example, uh, I pay $60 an hour whenever I go to a therapist. And I know most people who, especially if you're new to mental health and see that you may not need it, it's like, yo, I can use that $60 for something else. And then the people who do truly need it, oftentimes they can't be seen unless they have a diagnosis. And if you don't know about mental health or don't have some of these programs such as EAP that can help assist with that, you're not going to seek that at all. So our goal is to definitely one day be able to have a facility of such here in Charlotte to be able to help people out and point them in the right direction of services. Nice, nice. I'm curious to know something else. What do you want your legacy to be? I don't think it's changed. I would say if you had asked me two years ago, three years ago, what it would have been, it would have been radio, TV, glitz and glam. I would say now I want to be known as somebody who was a genuine spirit who just gave and just gave it all, gave everything away. If, if I always tell my girlfriend, for example, like if, if God can make me rich, I know we're supposed to say wealthy or whatever, but if God can make me rich and I can spend the rest of my life giving that money away and establishing programs and helping people for the rest of my life, that would be lit. Like, <laughs> that would probably be how I can spend the rest of my days. As long as I can sustain myself in my lifetime and give everything away, I would. So I think I, I would love for my, my legacy to be as a, as a black humanitarian as somebody who really came and, and, and was able to use his impact and his gift to change the world. Because mm. you should live life to the fullest. Like, like, we're supposed to have life and have it more abundantly. Like, we do, we do everything else well besides living. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> black folks got to live better. Real talk. Like, I, I'm, you had me stopped at, at this, okay? Because I know I'm like, what? Wait a minute. Like I say, real talk. I'm just like, let me gather my thoughts. You got me stuck when you said... You know, the part about if God gave you the money that you just want to spend it on others or spend it on giving, who says that? <laughs> you know, and that's not to be negative. That's not to say that that wasn't a good thing to say, but that's a heart of pure gold because I think that we get by giving and we empower mm-hmm. ourselves by empowering others. And the fact that all you want to do is spend your life giving, like, man, salute to you for that. Because us, a lot of people want to make banks so that they can buy the houses and the cars and get the clothes and, you know, be fancy, huh? But that's not what you're about. Mm-hmm. And as that is, you are a beautiful soul. If nobody else has told you that lately, if you need to be reminded, you you have such a heart of gold. And I am really honored to even know you and to be connected to you because that that is beautiful, my friend. Look, I just got off in my feelings. <laughs> I got in my feelings. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
It's fine. I appreciate it, man, for sure. I appreciate it. Oh, gosh. You're so very welcome. I hope to meet more people like it. Like, I want to have people around me. Like I said, I understand that I have kind of an old soul, but I believe there's people out there who don't know the way. And I think we have a responsibility as first-generation college kids that now have the education and we also have the talents to be able to reach back and lift as you climb and be able to help out others. I think it's so important. Yeah, that's real. Um, you're a fan of Michelle Obama? Uh, at all? Of course. I mean, I said, I don't know. Okay, no, I had to ask. I had to ask. You never know these days. I'm trying to be funny, but I know everybody's hey. doing it. Ain't, ain't for everybody. <laughs> My sister I just screamed yesterday. She just got the book. Edition. Okay, she look, I, I, I need to get on it, too. I need to get on it, too. I was reading something that she wrote yesterday. She wrote a letter to herself, and there was a part that she said, no, read it. She said, just remember that there are millions of people who grew up like you did and don't get this kind of spotlight, reflect the light back on them. So what you're saying is reminding me of what she said to reflect the light back on the people who are like us. It's the reason for the platform that I've been building. While it's nice to me that people are coming to it and, and reaching it, it's, it's all for the people. It's all for, for them, those who listen, those who engage, those who connect with each other. It's about uplifting each other and being empowered and inspired on this journey and meeting people like you who may have come from hardship. You had it rough, you've had a lot happen, but you're making it like we believe in what we see. You know what I'm saying? So thank you for being an example as well for the young black males who are struggling with mental health, for the young black first-generation college graduates who don't know if they're gonna finish because stuff is going on at home. For those who like yourself just dodged the bullet, you know, who just were fortunate enough, were blessed enough to miss it and be here. It's good that the world can see you but more than that, that you are shining your light back on them. So that's, yeah, man, like you, one in a million, um, one in a million. I love it. So we are um, really at a point where we're about to wrap this conversation up. And, you know, I ask every guest because it's probably my favorite part. Not that it's over, but it's just I love the wisdom that I always get from these shows. And I'm sure that, you know, the rest of the family that they're listening loves it, too. But what is the one thought or, you know, that that nugget of wisdom that you want to leave us with to hold on to for life? First, your journey. It's like a simple statement, but it holds so much weight and gravity. And I think even as it's something that I, having a healing spirit would share with others, I didn't really start understanding what that meant to my life until I crossed that stage. And as a first generation college student and stepped into the real world, and now it's like you're on your own, Kobe. Like you're already surpassed family members who didn't go to school. Or you now have the education and you have the leverage to be able to do anything you absolutely want to do in life. So now your journey is on, is on you, your path, your interactions. Everything is intentionally going to be off of you. And just understand that no matter where you go, no matter what you do, your steps are already ordained by the most high. And you have a guy who sits high and looks down low. And if he can't have his eyes on the sparrow, then definitely your work that you do that are for others is going to be big enough to catch his attention and just know that he's going to point you in the right direction. That journey is yours. Like, it's yours to undertake. It's yours to walk forward, grasp it, own it, walk in it. And that is probably the most pinnacle thing I want to do in my life at this point is to, I don't want to go anywhere God doesn't want me to go. I don't want to have anybody he doesn't need for me to have. I want everything mm-hmm. that he has for me and anything else that's not for me. I don't want that because it ain't meant for me. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I truly believe that what he has for me is for me. And mm-hmm. it may not look like what everybody else has, 
it may not smell like it. I don't know what it may be, but I know that it's mine. And that ownership is enough and knowing that it was created for me. And that journey is mine. That would be the biggest thing. Trust your journey. Not nobody else. Not Sally. Not Susan. Uh, that, that's why your name's Eve. <laughs> Coach, <laughs> your journey, because it's yours. That's so, that's so powerful to me. Yeah, man, it's powerful to me, too. I have absolutely enjoyed this. This is not enough time, but I'm sure we're going to do it again. I'm sure we're going to continue to collaborate and do big things together, my brother. Um, for those who want to connect with you, where on the Internet do you want them to find you? Yes. Y'all hit me up. Um, my Instagram <laughs> on every social media format personal is Kobe Cornell, C-O-L-B-Y-C-O-R-N-E-L-L, Kobe Cornell on all social media, IG, Facebook, YouTube, everything. My nonprofit organization, along with Imani and the rest of my board, is Journey of Mind, Journey of Mind Incorporated, I-N-C. So Journey of Mind, I-N-C on Instagram and Facebook. You can contact us there. If you want to work together, if you have anything that you want to collaborate on as an organization or personally or any speaking engagements as far as me or somebody from my board to come and talk about mental health or share pamphlets or resources, you can contact us at trustyourjourneyproject at gmail.com. Um, we, we have so many giveaways and pamphlets uh, about information that can be shared. So. We're always open to be able to collaborate and be able to help spread the message of positive mental health. Well, thank you. Thank you. And that name, shout out to your mom and dad for your name, because your name is like real regal to me. Corby Cornell Boone. I was, hey, <laughs> that's it's a smooth name. It's a smooth name. You are so welcome. Well, look, wishing you the absolute best of luck in everything that you do going forward. Please know that all of us in the First Gen Lounge have your back. And if you ever need anything, you can always count on your family. But we're looking forward to seeing, you know, just seeing you continue to spread your wings and appreciate the time that you spent with us today. Thank you so much. Welcome.